Hi, friends. Welcome to the Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walked by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen today. My guest for this episode is Susie Bundy. Susie is a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and she volunteers with victims of sex trafficking. Susie shares in the interview about dealing with anger and unforgiveness that nearly destroyed her life. It is so encouraging, and I know you're going to be blessed by it. So here is my interview with Susie Bundy. Susie, thank you so much for joining me today on the Faithful Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm deeply humbled and honored. Oh, it is an honor on my end for sure. Susie, you have you have been such an encouragement to my life these last few years, and I'm so thankful that you and your husband Ron are a part of our lives. It's really it really has meant so much to us. We've been through some hard and difficult stuff together and I'm just really thankful for you. So, well, we feel the same way about you guys. Oh, you're sweet. Um, Susie, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to these days. Um, I think foremost on my mind is that I'm married to my best friend. Mm-hmm. We celebrate our 24th anniversary next month. Wow. Congrats. Um, we have two children, six grandchildren. <clears throat> Girls kind of run in my family because I'm the eldest of four girls. (laughs) My mother has one sister. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of me. Mm -hmm. And a couple of years ago, I, God brought me to a place where I was able to start volunteering in um, organizations that help victims of sex trafficking. Mm. And then COVID happened, and I haven't done anything for over a year now. Mm. So I'm anxious to get back to that when the time is right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. It's such an important ministry, and um, I'm sure it's really challenging a lot of the time, but able to be a blessing to others. So that's awesome. There are some really great organizations out there working on it, too, and mm. and. So many of them are Christian organizations, which is just really the way it should be, in my opinion. Yeah. So tell tell us about how you came to know Jesus. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Um, (laughs) I was a really small child. I couldn't read the Bible or anything yet. And I was really, really sick as a kid, in and out of the hospital every two weeks and that kind of thing. And I very specifically remember one night lying in the hospital bed, praying to God not to let me die. Mm. So I've always known, because that did, that just kind of like came out of nowhere. So I've always known that my faith was truly a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I grew up, I started reading my Bible once in a while. You know, it wasn't something that was really fostered, but um, yeah. And then on my own, like I didn't share with anybody or anything, um, I accepted Jesus. Wow. And then as I grew up, um, 
Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't really act that way <laughs> for a while. Yeah. And later on, God really called me to task on that. And mm. so I started living better and trying to be more like Jesus. And then our son got ordained. Mm. And after his ordination, he asked if I wanted to be baptized. Mm. And so we had, um, just with his family, and we had this little baptism celebration. Uh-huh. And for me, it was, it was not a first-time thing. That wasn't when I came to know Jesus, but um, it was totally a recommitment for me. Uh-huh. And since then, God has graced me with a true relationship with himself and much more intimate knowledge of Jesus. Mm. What a special thing to be able to be baptized by your son. That's awesome. It is one of the highlights of my life, I have to tell you. Wow. That's awesome. Of course, he held me underwater for quite a while. (laughs) (laughs) Paying you back for some childhood memories? I don't know. Yeah, he wanted to make sure I was clean. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So... You've told me a story um, in the past that um, there was a point a few years back when you started to notice a connection between your emotional and your physical health. So can you tell me or tell us about how you came to discover that? Mm -hmm. That was was kind of a a tough time, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, As I said, I'd never been a super healthy person physically. I just wasn't born that way Mm -hmm. it's not that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to just that's the way I was born um but my health had really 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 started to deteriorate to the point where I could having anything on my body like clothes or anything was excruciating Mm -hmm. um I I was really struggling to walk Mm -hmm. my husband said that I looked worse than an old lady trying to walk Wow. Um, and nobody could really figure out what was wrong with me. Um, I went to several doctors. Um, so, so we've been praying, Ron and me and my family and our friends, mm-hmm. they've been praying for healing for me. One morning I was having my quiet time with the Lord and the Holy Spirit whispered one word. And that word was anger. Mm. And so he allowed me to process through that a little bit. And the next day I asked a very dear friend to come over and pray with me, which she did. Mm -hmm. And it was wild, Stephanie, because I realized at that point that not that I caused this illness, but I had allowed it to happen Mm. because my heart had become so hardened and so bitter that um, there was no room for God in it. Mm. And um, yeah, when I realized that it was my anger and my friend prayed with me, I was able to let go of that anger and just give it all to, to Jesus and say, I don't want this anymore. And he healed my heart. And then he began to heal my body. And 
it just really reminded me of that verse that says, I will take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Mm. And I feel like that's really what happened to me. Now, Susie, you don't strike me as a particularly angry person. Do you feel like people maybe in your life even realize that you had a lot of anger? Well, my mom's always said that I held a grudge, which I used to. When I was younger, I it, I could hold a grudge big time. Yeah. Um, but these were specific occasions, specific people, specific instances that were very big to me. Um, they, they were principles that I really stand for and those were violated right big time and when you try to talk to somebody about how they have violated what's important to you and they don't respond the way you expect which is part of the problem we have expectations that people just can't live up to mm-hmm. um yeah it, it it broke my heart And it made me angry when I saw it continuing, not just with me, but with other people. It was really difficult. Um, And I couldn't, because of the situations, I couldn't share anything with anybody that was close to me. And so I stuffed it and yeah, made myself sick, gave the devil a foothold. Wow. Um, What a, wild realization that like your emotional health had so much tie into your physical health. I mean, in some ways it's like, well, you've been going to all these doctors and they haven't had an answer for you. And so, yes, there's an answer and that, and it's, it's not, this isn't a chronic condition necessarily, you know, like I was fearing this isn't something I'm going to necessarily have to take medication for the rest of my life or be debilitated forever. So that's, I mean, that's a huge thing to celebrate right there, but. Well, actually it turned out that I do have a chronic condition and I will probably be on medication the rest of my life, but you know, that's part of my prayer for this year is that God transforms all of that too. Mm. You know, I, or I could, I could just be, you know, because God transformed Job, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't transform in a physical way as right. well as spiritual. But he didn't transform Paul from his physical, only the spiritual. Right. I don't know what his plans are for me. I keep praying that he will just get rid of all the physical stuff. But if he doesn't, he doesn't, and I'm good. Yeah. I mean, even without transformation physically your heart is in a better place and oh my gosh like I totally feel like a new person Mm. like literally a totally new person so how has this changed your life um joy is I've always been a joyful person yeah not necessarily happy but joyful I except for very few like two occasions in my life I can honestly say that even though I didn't like circumstances in myself in myself I had peace Mm -hmm. um that peace that God gives us so 
joy is something that I've always been able to experience. Um, but I don't Joy is too small of a word for what I feel these days. It's just complete exultation, mm. just exultation. And I, I, you know, as tough as that period was, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Wow. Yeah, um, I've been through some difficult times with having to forgive some people. Um, unfortunately, people that like, you know, you, it, it hurt. I think it, it hurts worse when you trust the people more. Um, obviously, that makes a difference. Um, so do you think that the people that hurt you most realize fully? I mean, you said you talked to them about, do you think they realized the ways that they hurt you? No. No. I, I don't. And one of them I tried to talk to, and I actually apologized to this person um, for letting bitterness and anger take hold of me against this person. And they were just completely surprised and wanted, you know, details. And it just, it wasn't an appropriate time or place to do that. Mm -hmm. And that was all, all it was. They never never cared enough to to go further and yeah. That's their loss. I did what I needed to do and you know, God talks about forgiving, but he doesn't always talk about reconciliation. Yeah. And they're very different things. I think as humans we often pair them and that's not always the case. Yeah. So, I I think you either want to cut somebody out of your life or you want things back the way they were before. Like, I think that's kind kind of where we, we fall a lot of times as humans. But, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's the, the people from my past that have hurt me. Like, some, there's been reconciliation, but very, very few have we gone back to anywhere close to where we were before. And right. I, I actually have a sister that um, we were estranged for seven years. Wow. And, um, yeah, it, come to find out, we had each been praying for each other during that time because we were able to forgive in ourselves, but the reconciliation hadn't happened. And mm. I had been praying for that. And last year... It was the day before my birthday, and uh, I was out running errands and felt a really strong nudging from the Holy Spirit to call her and check on her. So I did. Mm. And she said she was fine, thanked me for calling. She was glad I called. And then a while later, I got a text from her saying, I would really like to talk with you. Can we have lunch, coffee, whatever? Well, the next day was my birthday, mm -hmm. and I really kind of wanted to enjoy my day the way I was supposed wanted to enjoy it <laughs> and I didn't want to get into anything heavy mm -hmm. well, and God kind of reminded me hey you've been asking for this and I realized you know what I cannot slap God in the face by not not going because I have been asking for this so I went and it was incredible Stephanie mm -hmm. it was just like almost magical wow. if, if you were a Christian it would almost seem magical yeah. how we were able to forgive each other we talked for like two and a half hours 
Mm. Um, and nothing's been the same since. I mean, the blessings that we've experienced this year are just incredible. That's that's so awesome. I mean, I can't imagine going that long without talking to one of my siblings. And, it's and, hard. Yeah. It's hard. But again, you know, we both thought different things that were wrong. And mm-hmm. now we're in places that we could go to each other and say, hey, you know, this is really bothering me. Yeah. But at the time, we weren't able to. Yeah. You both have matured and sure. learned to communicate a little better. And I mean, God hopefully is restoring those years that the locusts have eaten. He's giving back what what you lost in so many ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just like with Joe. You know, what he lost came back even grander. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah. And it's cool because our husbands have been able to have a better relationship and everything. It's just... Wow. I really can't find a word good enough or big enough to describe God. Amazing. Just, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even that seems too small. <laughs> oh, wow. So as you realized that you needed to forgive and, it, you know, you went to um, the individual or the individuals and you talked to them, where did you find support and encouragement on that journey. Cause I mean, if I was told I have to go forgive a bunch of people for my past that hurt me really bad. Um, I mean, and I have, I have had to do that before, but it's a heavy weight, you know, at first it's like, I don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> and that's totally the human response, yeah. uh, which is what caused me so much to harden my heart because mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, because I didn't feel like it would matter or, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, Jesus, just always Jesus. Yeah. That's, he was my first go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband, for sure. Mm-hmm. What that man went through to support me and take care of me physically as well as emotionally and spiritually. It just, mm-hmm. what he went through was incredible. Yeah. Um. I actually even remember one time we were at church and there was an altar call for prayer. Mm -hmm. And um, I was sitting in the back and he was up front because he was working. Mm -hmm. And I got up and struggled down the aisle to the altar. And when I got up there, he actually, he was crying. So, um, yeah, so support from Jesus, support from my husband, and we have just incredibly amazing friends. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. That's that's great. So what surprised you the most or maybe was the biggest unexpected blessing about beginning to forgive? Mm-hmm. I knew that God had healed my heart from the people who had hurt me that caused me to hurt my heart to make me so sick, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't realize until recently how deep and how complete that healing actually was. It like 
down to my soul complete. Um, For an example, I was molested as a child. Mm. And because of that, I could not watch, hear, read anything having to do with rape or incest or abuse in any way. It just, those were hot buttons. I couldn't do it. It just, it made me too anxious inside. It's like my soul started running away. Mm. Um, But in his almighty wisdom, Mm. God healed me so completely that I was able to start working with those sex trafficking organizations and volunteering. And that to me just speaks volumes. The fact that you go from being molested and not wanting to see, hear, read, whatever. And now you're right in the thick of it, working with these groups that are helping people out of that industry yeah, only God can do that. That's not something I, I am good enough to do. Yeah. Um, that's that's so powerful. Like, I can only imagine what each of those individuals that you have been able to work with and talk to, just seeing you um, and the transformation that's come about in your life, what that must mean to them, and to understand what it means to you know, to be forced into something that you don't want to do necessarily and being put in these, you know, these terrible situations. Like you understand that and you've. Well, I don't understand what they went through. That's a whole different ballgame. But yeah, some of the emotions I can appreciate. Yeah. And the fact that you've chosen to not only um, to befriend these people, but to use, you know, use your time to, to go um, and support in whatever way you can. And I think that's really powerful. I remember when you first started doing that and you talked about it and I remember you sharing a lot of, you know, prayer requests for us, you know, for us to pray for you for support and that. And I had no idea about the stuff from your past and that add that, you know, makes so much more sense why you would ask for prayer going into this. Like God is still bringing about healing. And, but I mean, there's, it's still hard. It's not like it's, easy all the time, but you, you choose to be obedient to the Lord. And I, I really respect that about you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Obedience is not always easy. (laughs) No, (laughs) but it is is always simple. Yeah. It's his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That doesn't necessarily mean easy. Like it's easy to follow the, or, uh, you know, not difficult. It's simple. Yeah. (laughs) Like you were saying. Just give it to Jesus and let him take care of it. Simple, simple, simple. Easy? Yeah, no, not so much. We want control and we want things our way. And yeah, yeah, I don't always want to do it your way. (laughs) Well, yeah, we usually think we know best in a lot of situations. Right. (laughs) So what, what helps you to remain faithful to Jesus in the hard times? I think, first of all, remembering his faithfulness um, and his unchangingness. Mm. There was a time a few years ago before I got sick um, where my husband had to have uh, an ankle replacement. He'd had a really bad fall several years before and was just bone on bone. So he had an ankle replacement and I 
because he's in outside sales, he wasn't going to be able to drive, which means, you know, we weren't going to have an income for a couple of months. So uh, we had agreed that I could drive him and do what he needed. To, you know, he could do what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of confined time when somebody doesn't feel well. Mm. So I prayed, just please, God, let me be a Proverbs 31 wife. Let me be a Proverbs 31 wife. Mm. And I remembered, you know, he got us through the first time. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to expect that he wouldn't get us through this time. Yeah, And I think that really helps a lot. Um, also, <laughs> there's a song called... Um, It's by Corey, uh, uh, Corey anyway, Reckless, Reckless Love. Yeah, yeah. Reckless Love. Um, <clears throat> and the song talks about him leaving the 99. Mm-hmm. And I know that even if I was the only person in the whole world, right. nobody else, Christ would still willingly come and be tortured and murdered just, just to save me. Mm. Wow. I, those those things help. Mm-hmm. Well, that and the fact that you, remembering, and the older you get, the easier this gets. Remembering that this world is just temporary. Yes. I mean, this isn't my final destination. So, it, mm-hmm. yeah, the rest of it just doesn't really matter. Mm. Yeah, that's that's some good perspective. Like life is life is short, but eternity is long, and so. Right. You know, we're going to be forgiven to the measure that we forgive others. And that's <laughs> that's not always uh, the way I want to be forgiven. I want to be forgiven, you know, a tremendous amount and not have to forgive <laughs> all others a very large amount. But, you know, that's, yeah, we're going we're gonna to face judgment and we have to answer for what we do. And what did we do with this life that we were given? Did we sit, sit around being bitter or did we glorify the name of God and you know, keep our eyes on eternity rather than this little, from far, far away, at least, this little right. insignificant thing, which feels it's huge. Not yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. You know, I was, uh, I woke up the other day with like, uh, actually, it started the day before when I went on a bike ride and I got something in my eye and I was thinking about the whole like uh, speck in your eye, lo- <laughs> you know, plank, whatever. And I was riding my bike with the kids and they were way ahead of me because they think that's hilarious to just smoke on the way to the park. And I got something in my eye and I could barely blink. It hurt so bad. And I thought I got it out, but it wasn't, I guess. I mean, I woke up the next morning with like really bad pain, couldn't get it out. And I just kept thinking, this is huge. Like this hurts so bad. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I finally could see it and I could finally get it out. And it was instantly like pain was gone but it I was just thinking when you were talking about or when we were talking about like these forgiveness issues like that felt so huge in that moment and I got it out and it was literally like a speck (laughs) but it was all that I could think about I couldn't work I couldn't do anything else because it was just the fixation on this one thing yeah thank you Jesus (laughs) (laughs) um so are there any, uh, you talked about um, 
you know, Jesus, well, you, you mentioned Corey Asbury's song, but that's the parable of, that Jesus tells of the, yes. you know, leaving the 99 for the one. Is there any other Bible that's stories or passages that speak to you in difficult times? Um, definitely the whole book of Job. Mm. Yeah. Totally. I, re I read that more than once. <laughs> I was yeah. not feeling it. <laughs> um, I think about Paul's story um, on the road to Damascus and um, he had scales on his eyes. Mm. I, th I think about that because as far as we know, you know, he was never healed from that affliction. Obviously he, he got his vision back, but mm -hmm. he was never healed from the physical affliction of whatever, whatever God did to him. Mm. Um, but also there's, um, I think it's in Isaiah where God says, my ways are bigger than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I keep, I keep trying to figure it out and mm -hmm. you get to a point in life where you say, okay, you're right. Yeah. I don't know anything. So I'm just going to let you steer the boat. Yeah. Um, also, I really, really like Paul's prayer for spiritual power in Ephesians 3, mm. where he talks about the height and depth and breadth and the length of his love for us. Mm. It just, in fact, it's funny because I remember the very first time I read that, and I had not been schooled in church or the Bible or anything like that. Yeah. And the first time I read that, I remember thinking, hey, he took that from Browning. <laughs> uh, no, I think she took that from him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was kind of a weird moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, that's, that's awesome. You talk about his thoughts being higher than our thoughts. I don't remember where I heard this analogy. I'm, I'm sure it's probably nothing that, you know, is anything recent or new or whatever. But thinking of the difference between our level of thinking and God's is like the mm -hmm. difference between like your dog and you. Like we own two dogs and, you know, we have to take them to the vet periodically and they poke and prod and do whatever, but they check to make sure they're healthy. Well, the dog hates that. The dog thinks that's terrible punishment. Like they resent you, they scowl at you, they look at you like you're mean. You know, they, and they're like, mad at you all day. Yeah, they're mad at you all day. But you're thinking, if you only knew what I did for you, like you right? would understand this is for your benefit. And it's like, no, that hurt. And so just thinking about that, that God's God's understanding is so much higher than ours. Thank goodness, because I feel like sometimes my level of understanding is pretty small. Right. <laughs> I mean, I I. I guess in my in my own head, I think I'm smart, but I also am like, I'm glad I don't have to solve the world's problems. <laughs> so I, I have occasionally said, you know what, I'm going to ask God about that when I get to heaven. Mm -hmm. And I now realize when I get to heaven, none of that's going to matter. Yeah. His ways are so much higher. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. So how has this journey toward peace and forgiveness changed your view of God? Hmm. 
That's a good question. Um, I think I have such a childlike awe of God, if that makes any sense to a 64-year-old woman that I am. Um, (laughs) He just, he seems even bigger and greater and more of everything that he is than he did before. Mm. And I understand better now when he says in uh, Jeremiah that he knows the plans that he has for us. And he really only wants the best for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So um, we see examples in the Bible of Uh, physical illnesses that are caused by natural means or just, you know, Mm -hmm. age, life, um, sin nature, and some that are caused by divine means or God striking somebody or allowing something to happen, I guess would be a better way of of saying that. Do you have any advice for people who maybe are trying to distinguish between the two? Maybe they're they're dealing with something and they don't they don't know. Is there is there something deeper to this? So what, what kind of advice would you want to give them? Um, I think the two biggest things for me would be, first of all, pray. Mm-hmm. Above all, just pray. Because God will answer you. Yeah, It may not be today or tomorrow, but he will answer you. Like when the Holy Spirit said to me, anger. Yeah. You know, that was, that was a turning point for me. Um, I think the other thing to do is really look at your spiritual life and how healthy it is. I mean, I knew the state that I was in. Mm -hmm. And I think, not always, of course, but I think often when we are in spiritual illness, I'll call it, um, that can't help but affect our physical well-being. Mm -hmm. So I think if you pray and you're not getting an answer, Look at your spiritual life and how healthy that is. That might give you a clue because God just might be trying to get your attention. Yeah. I have known other people who have had unforgiveness do significant things to them. You know, he talks in the Bible about, you know, anger giving a foothold to the devil. Which is um, what I did. Yeah. And I've heard that explained as like basically giving the devil the keys to your house. And so it's not like the devil owns the house, but he's free to come and go and he can do significant destruction in your house, but he doesn't maybe own the house. It's not the deed to your house. Right. Um, and I think that it, for a lot of folks, it's if you think you may have unforgiveness, you probably do, right? <laughs> that right. seems like a, a pretty... That's yeah, not just something that automatically pops into your head. And, oh, yeah, that's that's not a good thing. Yeah, I must have that. Yeah, I, I think that there's probably, for a lot of folks, um, whether or not they're experiencing physical symptoms of anything, but it's a, probably a good idea to take an inventory of where there's maybe some unforgiveness or anger toward people that maybe we need to deal with um, mm-hmm. and ask God to help us with forgiveness and 
you know, maybe if it involves talking to that person, if that's even an option. I mean, I know some people that had unforgiveness toward people who had passed away. There was right. nothing you can do to talk to them, but you can still deal with those issues. Um, but I think that's that's important. Um, how how do you feel like this um, has maybe changed the way that you look at somebody who's maybe dealing with an illness? Do you look at it differently? Do you do you does your mind jump there at all with folks? Like, is there something spiritually going on, or do you just does it did it change it at all? It really doesn't change it for me because I I don't believe like some people believe that every illness or whatever is due to sin. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I think, right. like you said, there are natural causes as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't think from that perspective, it changes the way I look at people. Yeah. But I think that it has brought me a different perspective if God chooses to use me in a situation like that with someone. Mm. That's good. So what advice would you want to give to believers who maybe feel like they can't forgive? Like maybe they're at a place where they're not ready for that. Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. (laughs) Um, Pardon me. I think the first thing that people need to realize is they really don't have any choice in the matter. In the long run, none of us have any choice. Um, I think oftentimes we find ourselves unable to forgive someone because they've hurt our feelings. And when it comes right down to it, that's pride. Mm -hmm. And as far as I know, nobody ever really died from pride. Mm -hmm. It It just, (laughs) if only we could convince teenagers of that. (laughs) Um, Not only that, relationships can't be built on pride. That's not a foundation that you can build on. Um, Also, I think sometimes we have, at least I have, had a difficult time forgiving myself. You know, it's not always other people. It's forgiving myself for things that I've done or not living in a way that is in accordance with um, my Christian walk. Mm -hmm. And I, I have known that God has forgiven me because he's told me that. Right. But I haven't always been able to do that even after he has. And I read a book one time um, that essentially said by not forgiving yourself when God already has, you're essentially putting your opinions higher than his. Mm. And I went, okay, I think I'll climb down from this pedestal I've put myself on. (laughs) Um, The second thing is that in the Bible, Jesus commands us to forgive. Mm -hmm. You know, he told Peter 70 times seven, you know, it's not something that we really get to choose. Mm -hmm. Um, And as in my case, unforgiveness ultimately leads to a hardened heart. Yeah. And I can assure you that's no way to live. Mm. God wants us to live an abundant life. And that doesn't include um, being separated from him or other people because I can't, I can't cope with what I've got in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's that would be the last way is mm. I've had so much grace and mercy poured out on me and in me and around me that I don't ever want to go back to that dark place ever again. Yeah. So if I find myself getting um, annoyed, I can deal with annoyed because that's instantaneous or, or you know, just yeah. very temporary. But if I let that annoyance grow, yeah, no, I, I get checked on that really quickly. I don't ever want to go back there again. That's a dark place to live. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so what kind of advice would you want to give to maybe a Christian who is trying to support their friends and family who may be dealing with unforgiveness? I mean, I guess there's a couple of different ways, like maybe that friend is more aware of the unforgiveness than the ind- the individual. I guess maybe they, I mean, I've yeah. been in situations where I know people have anger, but they probably wouldn't admit it, or sure. situations where maybe they're trying to work through it. Uh, how would you advise that friend? I think I think you're completely right, Stephanie. Um, I think sometimes we are the last one to really acknowledge things that are not super pleasant in ourselves. Right. Um, so I would say to the friend or family, don't judge. Mm. You know, we're we all go through bad times and we all do things that we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It's just how it manifests. Right. in each of us so don't judge um, because you want sympathy at times mm-hmm. um, I think we need to show sympathy to the people we care about yeah um, pray with them it, you know if they will allow you to pray with them do that if they won't pray for them actually pray for them Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. if they want to talk about whatever's going on, speak to them in love. Mm-hmm. I have a friend that calls it truthing in love. Truthing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think everything needs to be predicated on, on that love of, of Christ. Um, and I think, lastly, it would be to encourage them to allow God to change their hearts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I had to do is I had to allow him. I couldn't do it myself. I had to allow God to change me. And, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously, that kind of works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's hard to to be that friend sometimes that is a little bit more— I mean, there's times, there's, I guess that's where God's wisdom, you know, asking him for a discernment. When, when do I speak? When do I stay silent with my friend? Because Hello. it's easy to kind of do one or the other, like to just stay silent and affirm them all the time or to go the opposite extreme and say, like, I see all these areas in your life and this is a problem. And both of those can be destructive to us. Right. And Obviously, if we see wrongdoing, we are called to exhort mm-hmm. people, but that doesn't always mean at that moment yeah. um, or in that way. 
you know, yeah. sometimes God wants us to wait until he sets up other things. Yeah. So that he can use that more powerfully. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, I think the biggest things are don't judge, pray, and encourage them to allow their hearts to be changed. Wow. Yeah, that's great. So um, is there any other encouragement that you would want to leave the listeners with? (laughs) Yes. Um, I've been reading this book lately by Lisa Turkhurst called um, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And I have as well. So you loaned it to me and I have started it and I've enjoyed it too. Pretty, pretty cool book, huh? Um, But she she says, in fact, I, I... I've got it here, I, a quote from her book. It, it's actually kind of a combined quote. So, mm-hmm. um, But she says, when I wrongly think forgiveness rises and falls on all my efforts, mustered up grit, conjured maturity, bossed around resistance, and gentle feelings that seem real one moment and fake the next, mm-hmm. I'll never be authentically able to give the kind of forgiveness Jesus has given me. My ability to forgive others rises and falls instead on this, leaning into what Jesus has already done, which allows his grace for me to flow freely through me. Mm. Forgiveness isn't an act of my determination. Forgiveness is only made possible by my cooperation. Those who cooperate most fully with forgiveness are those who dance most freely in the beauty of redemption. Mm. And, you know, it just, that's yeah, deep. What that says to me is it all comes back to him. It, it's, it's not me. I have to do my part by allowing him to change my heart. Mm. And then he does the healing. That's really, really good. Yeah. We have to be in the right place and allowing God to transform us is so, so it can be so challenging, but it's really not because it's God doing the work. It's just us submitting and basically doing what we were created to do and exactly allowing him to take control. And, um, you know, for some people as a control freak, you know, I guess I kind of am to some degree. And I think we all have our areas where we are. That's that's challenging to let go and to allow God to really do what he's going to do because we don't always know what that means for us. You know, that's, right. it could be a really, really challenging road to walk, but um, I'm so thankful for the ways that I've seen it in you. I've seen this forgiveness and the testimony that that has been to me and so many others that mm-hmm. God that God can take. Um, I mean, somebody who was filled with anger and um, unforgiveness and transform them to somebody who is um, now being a peacemaker, you know, somebody who's trying to um, help folks maybe reconcile where there was no reconciliation before. And I, I love that God has brought about this unexpected blessing with your sister. I mean, you'd been praying for that, and that's, you know, that wasn't even necessarily one of the areas where you were dealing with the unforgiveness, but no. how, how cool that there's this ripple effect when you start forgiving, you realize it's not, it's not killing me to forgive. It's not, it's, it's killing me not to forgive. Yeah. I mean, that's what you were experiencing, right? I mean, barely being able right. to walk and, 
experiencing pain with every every movement, everything that touched you. And now, yeah. and now I, I mean, I, I've seen also like you've started uh, lately. You've talked a lot about like getting into exercise, and you've talked in, and <laughs> and how cool to think that. I mean, I'm sure you've done it more than just lately, but. How cool to think no, that just not really. Not really? Oh, okay. Not really. <laughs> but how cool I'm that, a like 64-year-old newbie. There you go. But just a few years back, like you were struggling to walk, but God delivered you from No, I hadn't thought of that. You're right. And now you're able to, even through your exercise, you're a testimony of God's goodness. So that's really cool. I, I'm Very thankful cool. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thank you. Yeah. Susie, I thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. And I know that um, there are a lot of folks dealing with unforgiveness. I think we probably all have people in our lives that we have maybe some bitterness and anger toward. And I'm just, I'm hopeful that people will listen and that they will allow God to, to search their heart and reveal areas to them that maybe they need to to work on our areas where we need to submit fully to God. And I'm just so thankful for your example in that. No, I appreciate that. I, you know, I hope that something that God has done with me resonates to somebody and they allow themselves to, to be freed because the freedom from that burden is tremendous. Well, thank you again. Thank you, Stephanie. I am just in awe of the transformation that I have seen God do in Susie's life. He is so faithful and loving no matter what. I pray that her story encourages you to allow God to search your heart for areas of unforgiveness so that He can bring healing to you as well. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy the Faithful Podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating and review. Reviews help people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to them. Remember, you can find me on my website, faithfulpodcast.podbean.com or on Instagram, at faithfulpodcast. Have a great week and remember to stay faithful, friends.